Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Grove podcast. The funny thing is, every single time we record, we win. And so here we are again, because we need a win against Newcastle next week. And Porto, how could I forget? Before I get too ahead of myself, I'm going to introduce my lovely guests. Tabs? Good evening, everyone. Whale? Good evening, fine gentlemen. (laughs) <laughs> and we have another new guest today. They're coming in their droves. A very warm welcome to our latest and greatest, David. How are you? Doing swell, doing swell. What can I say? Perfect. So, God, I'm on cloud nine. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We seem to be winning and winning and winning. But it's not even just that. We just seem to be doing it emphatically. And I am ecstatic. So, God, I don't know how you guys feel. Um, we always do the highlight and low light of the Burnley or the previous game. So, I'm going to give you mine. The highlight, Kai Havertz. Uh, I've been a much criticised... Um, cr- I've been a much critiqued analyst, shall we say, of Kai Havertz. But watched the game in full on Saturday and I was shocked taken aback by how he plays just allows the others to to get into that space do their their shit basically uh, and get things done score some goals that was my highlight the low light the subs we have um, an issue sometimes and sometimes we praise him for Arteta's decisions on on subs I just thought we could have made subs earlier on I thought we could have rested players earlier on and I thought potentially I guess I'm feeling like it is a low light because the impact of the subs just wasn't the way I want it to be. As soon as the subs, you know, came on, I, it just felt like the game died out and we didn't really do much. So, so that that was mine. Uh, Tabs, what about yourself? Highlights and low lights of the game? Yeah, well, I think you stole my highlight because I, I I've, I've got quite a few, but I'd, I'd written habits because again myself because his performance, not just last week, but I guess Burnley really deserved it um and 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 one thing again i love all this stuff really caught my eye and i don't i rewatched his goal and what and i rewatched it from the from actually pre giving the uh throw in so actually i i watched them getting the throw in and as soon as kivio went to pick up the ball he went on a run from deep in midfield and carried on running and as soon as kivio picked the ball then he got the ball so it's not just a case of he was there up front already no he started the run and just showed the intelligence of of the man to see the opportunity whilst burnley were half asleep and he just made a great run to get the goal but in terms of my highlight i think then is is saka's uh, second goal I, I i loved it it was basically game over at that point if it wasn't wasn't already but now last week you know, he comes in, he sells the keeper. Does he go far post? Does he go near post? This week, he smashes it high like he did against Leeds and Everton last year. So now the keeper doesn't know what to expect. So, And I think also it was very near the time that maybe Wolves scored, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. But yeah, that was my highlight, seeing Saka get that second goal. Super, really enjoyed that. Uh, in terms of low light, it's back to Saka. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't trust him as a penalty taker. <laughs> I, I know he scored it. But uh, yeah, I'm just not 100 percent convinced convinced by him as a penalty taker, and I think that was close to being saved. Um, he hesitated. The goalkeeper hesitated. He, I think Heaton, his name, I think I can't remember his name is, but he, he hesitated, and it went through. And I just, yeah, I'm not there with him as a penalty taker yet. But good on him for getting and taking it, and and that's it. So those are my highlights and lowlights. I, I can't believe you said that. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, that penalty, I must admit, wasn't the best. And James Trafford, the, the goalie, kind Trafford. of stumbled and then, yeah, kind of went again. But uh, I've been really impressed with, with Saka's penalty yeah. taken this season. Apart from that one, I think, um, you know, he's so young and the courage he's shown just to step up and take yeah. penalties after the, the Euros. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't knock that at all. It's just like the one against West Ham, it, goalkeeper goes the right way. It's a comfortable height to save. This one, I actually saw 
him look where he was going to hit it. And I, if I can tell where it's going, so can a professional goalkeeper. So, I, yeah, I, it's, it's okay. Look, he scores it in great. It's just that he doesn't strike me the same confidence as we had, say, with like Robin Van Persie back in the day or, uh, you, you know, even uh, Henri or something like that. So it's just, yeah, I'm just not there yet. I, you know, but uh, yeah. As you say, 85% penalty success rate for Saka, by the way. So as, he's only missed two. I know. It's just a feeling. I'm not <laughs> knocking it. Anyway. I think that's that's it for me. Right? Yeah, we'll see. We can speak an hour uh, on Saka and the penalties, yeah. but uh, David, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, what was your highlight and lowlight of the game on Saturday? My highlight would be the cohesiveness of the team. To be fair, um, it's something that I feel like we're seeing more week on week. Um, it feels like they feel more together and they're playing more together, and that's something you'd like to see because when they do start playing well. You can tell that it isn't just a good performance, it's consistent goodness and everything working to become a titan if they wanted to be one in the Premier League or the Champions League even. Uh, And my low light would be another goal if I'm being deadly honest. I would want us to be have the highest uh, goal difference if possible because at the end of the day, if we do end up tied to Man City as we currently are, or to a Liverpool, the goal difference is what's going to be the tiebreaker. So the more goals, the merrier. Interesting. You are just one greedy Arsenal fan, right? You can't take 11-0 on aggregate over two games. You just want more. That is just greed. But look, we're used to it now. The next game, surely it's going to have to be 7-0, right? We just have to keep going up and up. So six, then five, and then, well, please no one say four (laughs) next. and We're not going downhill. Uh, Whale, what about yourself? Highlight and lowlight of the game on Saturday? Highlight would be Havertz scoring. I mean, that's what I need. Like, I saw him, obviously, sort of, just about one-on-one with the keeper. And it's like, oh, is he going to score this or is he not? Um, and he finished it off. I liked it. A little nutmeg. Um, hopefully, it gives him a little bit of confidence as well. So that would be my highlight. Um, mainly speaking, a lot of things that he that he does, drawing people in, ghosting, going to spaces. These aren't, these aren't things that everybody sees. These aren't things that you necessarily want your guy who's 65 million quid to do. What you want him to do is either score goals and or assists. And that's what we need more of. So that the fact that he got a fact that he got a goal, uh, I enjoy. Um, low light, to be fair, I didn't really necessarily have one, but I mean, gun to my head, piggybacking off of what Tab said. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that penalty was going to be saved, like that you could see it. Um, but it's one of the, as far as sports goes, like the, the odds are so overwhelming in favor of the penalty taker that I'll be honest with you, you got to be pretty bad for me to lose confidence in you. Pick a spot, kick it as hard as you can. I don't know why these guys now do the little giddy up and the slow walk and the this and that. Like it's it's just physics. Where that ball is, how close it is to the goalkeeper. If you kick it hard enough in a the spot, there's no way they're really going to get it unless they're just lucky enough to guess where it's going. Um, so I guess gun to my head, low light. Um, the penalty looked pretty poor, but I mean it's it's five nil, so we'll so we'll take it, right? The funny thing is, uh, it's really hard to think of a low light for games where we've just won six nil and five nil. But it's funny that we always have these little things in the back of our. Our mind. I didn't realise you guys thought that negatively, almost about Saka's penalty. It was a, a, a non-topic for me um, after he scored it. I just think, you know, if you score, that's it, regardless of how bad the penalty is. Um, funnily enough, I was watching Rangers play. I'm not a Rangers fan. I, I hate the club. I, I'm not affiliated with them in any sense of the, the word. I'm sorry if any Rangers fans are listening. But I was watching um, James Tavernier take two penalties today for Rangers against St. Johnston. I know you guys probably don't even care about <laughs> Scottish football, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rangers, who? Um, new club. They were formed just a few years ago. Um, basically, <laughs> basically, James Tavernier is, I think, third on the all-time scorers list for footballers in Scotland since the year 2000 or, or something. It was a crazy stat that i seen today during the game. And he's a defender, right? He's a right-back, so... He just scores penalties. And when he stepped up for two penalties today, both in the top corner each side, it was just so calm, poised, just really, really well taking penalties. 
that's the only time I'll ever compliment any Rangers players, any Rangers things at all. So uh, you can screen record that if any Rangers fans are listening and clip it. Clip it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the only way you can do that, guys, is by liking, sharing, following, commenting, and doing everything that I ask you to do every week. So please, please do that right now. Clip it, send it to me, send it to all your friends and laugh about how I despise Rangers Football Club and love Arsenal. Um, moving on, just I want to briefly touch on our first 11. The, the lineup was announced and it was just really refreshing and really good for, you know, kind of consistency and, and as David mentions, team cohesiveness to play the same starting 11. I really was impressed by that. I was really happy to see that. And it was funny because in the chat, a lot of the guys were like... Uh, Another six to nil win, then another 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 six goals, and it was getting to that point. I was thinking, oh my god, have we just found the blueprint to win by five or six goals every single week with this team? I don't know what your guys' thoughts were. If anyone has any thoughts, well, I'll come to you first. Did you have any thoughts in the lineup? Did you think potentially anyone should have been swapped in or out or anything? Uh, I mean, couple things as as far as the as far as the blueprint goes. I I I think it's playing bad teams. So that's the blueprint for, for getting six goals and five goals. West Ham, <laughs> West Ham have won a European Cup. <laughs> They're horrible this year. <laughs> so that's you know, I mean, this is what this is what good teams do. This is what City's been known for doing over the years. Like it's why they have huge goal differentials most years. When they play these teams, they beat up on them and they keep it moving home away. It doesn't matter. Um, when I saw the lineup come out, I was. Um, I trust our so I was like, you know what? Let's see what the little guy can do. And the little guy sort of proved himself. Um, so much so that it's a good problem that Arteta has now as far as when, when guys start getting healthy, right? Who's who's starting? It's probably gonna be the guy who's playing best, and, and we know who that is at the moment. So saw the eleven. Um I was like, you know what, this this could work. Um and then we obviously saw what happened. So um, so far, so good, man. Arteta can stay. I'm Arteta in for now. I mean, I, I don't think, well, to be honest, I don't think he had much choice. Uh, other than Jorginho, everyone was still, you know, the likes of Tommy's injured and, and Zinni's still injured and Party and, and Jesus. So the ones that you'd potentially say, okay, if you, who's your first 11? So I think he had he had to really stick with this. I, I, I think it's great because when these players are fit, you've then got a whole squad of players who've all had good minutes, who've all had good time. It also gives him options, as in, okay, if, if something happens mid-game, well, I can switch to this. Um, so he's actually got now a bit of variety and a few options, whereas, you know, before when we had just Jesus up front and, and, and Saka and, and Nelly wide, it was a bit predictable. We knew what we, a lot of people knew we were doing. So now all of a sudden he's got another way of, way of playing. And he's also adapting, so he's not, he's not forcing the issue. He's 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 basically saying, okay, right, Kivior, you're not an inverter. You stay where you are. We'll change things up a bit. White, you're you're a very good footballer. Have played some in midfield, so you can do more of the inverting. And, and with Trossard, I, I find Trossard fascinating. So I think there's a stat going around where he's got a goal or assist every like 111 minutes, which is third behind Henri and wow. RVP. And and it's not like it, yeah. he's he's wow. so, he's so impactful. However. If you would say who's your first eleven, he wouldn't be in your starting eleven. Is it? But he's 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 amazing at what he does, and he's he's what a winter signing. He just came in straight away, fitted in. He's an Arteta player and playing that false nine position. And the way way teams up with Havertz, the way they rotate, they pass and move, is good. It is great, and it's fantastic um, to, to to see. So yeah, I, I was really happy to see this this first eleven. I didn't think Burnley had much of a had much of a chance, uh, you know, against this. And we do our job and we we win the game. So yeah, it was it was it was good. David, do you have any thoughts on the on that? The one question I wanted to ask you actually just wanted your opinion on this. If I could, if I could, that. Uh, I know Tabs, you've made notes again as usual. Thank you so much. I must, in fact, before I ask you, David, I'm going to just give a shout out to you, Tabs, because the work you do behind the scenes on this podcast is unbelievable. You are, you know, we're, we're only, we're not even 10 episodes in, and some of the work you do and the preparation you make, uh, and you're the glue that holds us all together. So, everyone, please, you need to like it just for. <laughs> For, for tabs, right? Um, but yeah, brilliant. And whales kind of clapping, <laughs> clicking uh, in the background. But um, no, I just want to 
yeah, say massive props to these notes. They really, really are amazing. David, the question for you is, you know, we obviously played with four centre-backs, if you like, on, on Saturday. What are your thoughts on the fact that we are not now inverting with without Zinchenko in the team and we're playing almost like a, a solid back line, if you like? Do you have any particular opinion on that? I think it's good. We're playing to play your strengths at the end of the day, which is way better than what we wanted to do before when we tried to make everyone play in the system. Um, I mean... It shows strength and also us moving forward as a team because the more we do play to the players and not to the system, the more players can play more impactful and be more open and free with the way they're playing so they can try more things that might go well. It might go completely horrible as well. It might be a bad thing which will end up blowing up in our face in certain situations. But I feel like it will give the players and the team confidence moving forward and will bring and will help us if we tend to bring back a Kieran Tierney or if we bring back a player or bring a new player in who likes playing a specific type of way but we normally don't do so. I think it will definitely help us out as well with the sense that now we are actually playing for the players. Yeah. I hope that was a fire engine going past because this podcast is on fire. It's on flames, as, as they say. Uh, but, but it's, let's just hope that actually makes it into the, the pod and, and people can hear that in the background. Otherwise, they'll be thinking. But it's what? not just about starting 11s and injuries before the game. Actually, mid-game. Something happens mid-game. So, you know, his preference is to say, for instance, have Saliba as the centre of the three centre-backs. You, you know, he's more of the playmaker, the ball player and all the rest of it. And Gabby's more of a you know, a, a, a rock to get past and, and players down the channel and is, is much more defensively strong. But we now have to adapt. So Saliba's playing more wide, Gabby's playing in the middle. And that may have to change during a game. We may be playing an important Champions League game, an important game. So, oh, we've got an injury. Zinni's, Zinni's out. Oh, crap. Now we've played this. Now we're used to it. And, and we we as fans are not going to be fearful. And we say, oh, okay, we've seen this before. We've done this. Yeah, no bother. Let's go. I'm really happy with yeah. you. Sorry, Will. Just wanted to... No. Just very quickly mention them. I'm really happy with the fact that we can do this. We can play without Zinnia and not invert and just play like a normal back four. And a massive shout out to, to Jakob Kivior, what a player he has been in the last two games. I know it's only Burnley and West Ham, but he is when he came on against Liverpool as well, I've been really, really impressed with him. And it just shows what kind of player we have on our hands now that you know he's getting some minutes into the team. And it just made me wonder... Is that what it's going to be like when Emil Smith Rowe finally starts getting minutes and Fabio Vieira and, and, and you know other players? Or you know that that's kind of what's in the back of my mind. Is that what minutes does to a player essentially? Uh, but yeah, sorry, Will, you were going to say something. No, um, I mean obviously this football is is more fluid, and the other football uh, across the across the pond is set pieces. So it's these these things are going to happen depending on who we're playing against. Um, the guys that go in the game. I mean, Kivior, for instance, he's he's a center back. He doesn't really have many midfield skills, so I I don't like it when they want him to, to invert. And I think Arteta sort of figured out that that's not the best way to play it. And when he's in the lineup, if we're going to do that sort of thing, we switch it out to the right-hand side and, you know, let Benny, uh, let Benny Blanco do it. Um, hot take for me, um, I think Big Gabby's our player of the year. He's an unsung hero. Um, one could argue that he's having a better year than Saliba. I haven't seen him. I mean, he's been known to have what they call the bozo gene and what people are saying. But, I mean, I think Saliba's made more mistakes that have led to goals than Gabby has this year. Um, Gabby also, what, was it the first two games? He didn't even play. And as a true pro, just sort of sucked it up. And it's come in since then. Uh, and it's just put solid performance, solid performance, solid performance. Um and he's and he's an Iron Man. Like I didn't even get hurt, and he doesn't ask for this. And now and now he's scoring goals for us. So um, happy about that. Um, as far as moving forward with, wait, who's that guy we got that that plays the, the number nine for us? I don't even know. Has he lost his spot? To have to say, like I, like, I, like I don't know because it's sports, man. What have you done for me lately? You've been on the training table for me lately, and the other guy has been. 11 goals in two games for me. So I 
I still got to start him, right? And then if it doesn't work out, I, I yank him at halftime. I can't just – J9 isn't so good. He's not one of these players that doesn't lose his starting position to injury. You know, certain guys, you get injured, you walk right back into the team. But I don't I don't think he's earned that right I yet. Agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I can't help but think Arteta will put him back into the team when he's back. I, I, I have visions of when he came back after um, being out for so long and – Last season was at Fulham away when he when he came back and made his anticipated long anticipated return, um, and got a huge cheer from the fans. I remember that really well. But Trossard down the middle, just we we can't not continue to go with him, right? I mean, it's it's garnering results. I mean, the way he plays is just he's not able to be dropped, and we can't drop Saka or Martinelli. I mean, uh, but, but is the it, way is, isn't it a great uh, problem problem to have? And and let's not forget how good yeah. he is, Jane. I, I, I know. Yeah, you know, Nottingham Forest, goal and assist. Okay, and he played that game with an injury and that's why he's out now, I think. And, all so, and also in the Champions League, and I think we'll touch on it later when we talk about Porto, he's a demon in the Champions League. That's where he comes to life. He's, his scoring record there is, is great. So it could be just game game by game. Let's see what's going to suit. Well, for us or for, or for City? Because he, he played well, for yeah, City. Played, yeah, okay, but, he time, so. there, but also this season, this season he's got a good record in the Champions League. So, so yeah, who knows? But let's. But I, I, just coming back to your point, uh, Moz, when you were saying about oh, Kivio's looking good, or will this happen to ESR or whoever? What's happened in the past when they've played minutes, say in the Europa League, they weren't playing in a good team. All of a sudden, you drop one of these players who's coming back, who we're unsure about, into ten functioning players who are at the top of their game. They will look good and they will play well. And the reason why we may have had doubts before about Kivior, well, he's asked to play whatever position, but also the team may not have been functioning or, or may be playing with a second string team uh, for a game that we didn't really care about. So I, I, I'm actually like, I quite like having these one or two players come in, but if you're in functioning team, I think they'll perform. I think they'll do well. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to too long on that point, but I, I agree with your guys' opinions. Um, and I'm just laughing to myself thinking about the bench that we had and the, the group chat going absolutely bananas over Sweet. Um, it's funny, the reason why I know James Sweet is because of like playing football manager or, or FIFA or whatever, and you know you see the name and, and you wonder who is this, and the first thing you do is on football manager, you go to profile, offer, offer to all clubs, and you don't even look at his stats or anything, but... He must be good if, um, obviously, if he's made it on the, um, you know, on the subs bench. I believe he's what twenty years old, and um, I, I think I was looking at his stats. He scored once in the in the the under twenty ones Premier League or or whatever. Um, What's his position? But it, it was just interesting. What position does he play? Uh, so James Sweet is classed as a midfielder. I think he kind of plays centre mid essentially. Um, so yeah, I mean, he obviously he made it on the bench. I don't know if you guys remember, he was on the bench for the League Cup against Brentford um, when Nelson scored kind of first 10 minutes. But yeah. is that September time? Um, September last year so when we when we beat Brentford. So he was on the bench then as well, I remember. But it, it was just really interesting to see the bench. I mean, we had, I'm just looking back now, obviously we had Cedric, Enketia, Nelson, Jorginho, Smithrow, Ramsdale, Elneny. That's like our, our, our recognised players, if you like. You know, five of them made it on, which was fine. El Nene and then Bandera and, and Sweet and obviously Ramsdale never made it on. We talk about strength and depth and we talk about squad depth, but this is just a really, could be an unpopular opinion, but um, Man City's bench isn't that good as well. You know, when when I look at the, the Man City bench, right, I know you guys are, I can see you now laughing at me, but when I tell you Man, Man City's bench, they had Oscar Bob and, and Sergio Gomez, Rico Lewis and Mamadou Sissoho. Sissoho, I can't say his name. So there's four players, maybe Rico Lewis and Oscar Bob, obviously they, they play kind of regularly. Then they had Kovacic, Nunez, Stones and Silva with their subkeeper Ortega. So when you look at that bench, do you really think that apart from Silva, Stones, Kovacic, Nunez and the rest go into the Arsenal team? I don't think so. I really don't. So, yeah, I mean... I guess we're kind of struggling with injuries and there was that stat going around or the tweet going around on Twitter as well last week saying um, by the end of next month, Arsenal will have every single player back from injury and a fully fit squad to to choose from. 
you know, things are looking up. But I do think the bench is not as bad as some people make out. What I would say is the, the quality of those players potentially aren't as good. I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that or if I've just... No. Well, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what I'm trying to get to. No, no, but we I think we're... We're potentially, yeah, we're it's, it. We're one or two injuries away from being in a bit of danger, but I think if we ride it out with players coming back, I think we'd be fine. We just, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, you know, no one gets anything, nothing serious. So again, I think, like I said last time, it's the cluster injuries. It's not just one injury; it's one, two, three in one position. That's where it kills you. So let's see. I think we'll be good. So, sorry, Will. On you go. I was just going to ask you, your David, if you had any opinions. David, I can just see you. It's funny. Everyone's got like the normal backgrounds, and you've just got the the Arsenal players in your background, and it just feels like you're there with Kai Havertz celebrating. I'll try putting a screen grab of this up. Uh, it just it's just so funny. It's just, it's like you're one of the players. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on on what I kind of said. Um, I'll jump in only because I see I see David's on mute, so I'll I'll speak and then. And then he can speak. Um, yeah, City's got City's got a, a good bench with I think a couple of those players get, get into our side. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, there were some some stats going around. I think it was last week on uh, on Twitter because that's what I call it um, about teams and managers and their rotation and like how how short the rotation actually is. Um, and like the last couple of years, like like Pep's been, I believe it was top three as far as how many players he actually uses. Like he's, he's not, you know, playing a bunch of people um, unless injury forces him to. He's, he's got his rotation um, and he pretty much sort of sticks to it. So it's, it's not necessarily about how good your bench is um, unless you need him. It's one of those things. Like when you need him and you got a great bench, it's great. But if you don't need him, you'd rather have a really good starting 11 and a thin bench and, and hope you've got players that, that stay healthy um and and some players do and some players don't it's it's just one of those things like some players injure themselves in practice like tying their shoes and other players are iron man and they go their whole career and they're and they're never hurt so um i like the fact that as opposed to last year it, it seems to sort of flipped we we seem to be coming into our own and getting people back at this time of year when last year it seemed to be where people were just sort of falling off left, left, right, and center, um, and and maybe the pressure was getting to the guys a bit. I'm not, I'm not certain. So, I feel, um, I feel good at this time. Um, I'm just a little anxious, but we'll, we'll see. Um, David, what are your, uh, your thoughts on it? Uh, the bench, at least on my side, I feel like has significantly strengthened, and we'll move from strength to strength. But I also do like seeing that one or two youngsters whenever we have them there. And I feel like that's something we shouldn't really give up on. Uh, I feel like we should have the usual um, people on our bench who constantly come on and try to um, game manage um, when we do game management, when we try to control the game after a certain point. But I do think we should give um, more chances to other people because at the end of the day, what can more competition do to other people other than create a tougher and more better version of us at the end of the day? The interesting thing about that was Mikel Arteta in the post-match press conference mentioned something along those lines saying about, you know, I think he was asked about how do you keep this going and, and what do you do in training every day to, to make these players, you know, win games you know, after the poor run of form we were on pre-Dubai and the first thing he said was generate competition within the squad. And I think that's quite evident. I don't know if you guys keep an eye on the, the social media pictures going around, but there always seems to be small-sided games where the winning team gets photographed, right, at the end of training. And you always see there's youngsters mixing with the first team and, you know, potentially Aaron Ramsdale's there, not David Dreyer. So it just shows that there's competition going on every single day in training. And and that's just a, that's part and parcel of being a, a professional football team, right? Uh, just moving on, before we, obviously we need to speak about the, the Champions League in midweek, which I'm really excited for. just want to talk about how we played, really. I mean, I just think we were so, uh, I'm copying your words here at Tabs. I know you've wrote fluid on the screen, but I promise I was going to say that anyway. <laughs> um, I'm not original, we were, don't we were worry. So fluid. 
I'm not. <laughs> Listen, you're one of a kind. <laughs> um, we we were so fluid and players just knew where each other were in the park and we were trying different things and new passes and, and just various little bits and bobs that, that worked. And, and it was so good to see the core group of our defence and midfield. So you had Saliba, Gabriel and Rice, just the rocks at the back. Um, and, and like I said, I think, Will, you mentioned about Gabriel, but Gabby just being such a... He, he I think, is our most important and also potentially our most improved player this season so far. He has been immense. Just watching that defence, I struggled to... I was thinking whilst watching the TV, is there a duo or even a, a trio with Rice... Gabriel and Saliba better than that in world football right now I really struggle to to find one I really do and all this talk on talk sport on Friday night about Arsenal in the Champions League can they win it I was getting myself all giddy and excited driving home from um, football I was playing football on Friday night getting myself all excited I found myself just smiling as I was driving along listening to these guys saying you know we're in with a chance of winning it with these players so we're third uh, we're, yeah, we're, really we're third favourites with the bookies for, for for the championship. Yeah, League. yeah. But, behind, but then again, we're second favourites behind City and Madrid. We're, we're second favourites to sign Kylian Mbappe, but you know that's <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. So um, <laughs> we can leave that for maybe towards the end of the pod. Um, I don't know if anyone has any burning desire to speak about how we played tabs. I know you've got a bit of an opinion on it, so I'll let you take it away. No, the one thing I think that stands out, as I said. Ode was good. Leon Havertz interchanging. Benny White, right? But I think our defence is now developing that aura. You know, the ability to clean sheets. And you could tell, right, we've won this game. We are not letting in a goal. You could see it last week against West Ham when they were, you know, celebrating, like, you know, making sure that they, they didn't let one in. You could see again. they really, And I think we're just getting an aura now. Defences are coming up. Uh, attackers are coming up against, like, blimey, is it these guys? We, we don't stand a chance. And, and and so, you know, before when we weren't putting these teams or teams used to think, oh, we've got a chance, they've got a vulnerability, we can get at them. I think now our defence has, has got that aura about them and it's like, wow, yeah, you know, and we've sort of beaten them, that, that thing, we've beaten them in the tunnel before we've got out onto the, onto the pitch. And I, and I think that's, I think that's really, I think that's, again, that, that, that's, that's, I think, standing out um, in terms of how we play and how, and how, and how teams try and, and try and get to us. I think I think I think we're making it incredibly difficult for them. Yeah, um, I want all of that to be true, but I don't know. I mean, I guess a, a slight reality check, and it's it's just it's touching on what I mentioned a bit earlier on in the in the pod. Like look, like look who we're playing. So like when I see these sort of performances come uh, come across some some better teams, um, then I'll. I'll be more on the bandwagon, so so to speak. I mean, you can only play the teams in front of you. So I'm not I'm not knocking it. Like this is we we did great. We've we've had great offense. We've had great defense. Um, the teams aren't great, but those are the teams we're scheduled to play. Um, so this is what you expect a team that's capable of winning silverware to do. You you play teams that are not so good, you smash them, and you keep it moving. So I'm I'm happy with what we're doing, um, but I'm not getting too excited about the defense and I mean the last two games as far as picking scores I mean I I picked a, a decent score line as far as goals scored but I always just like one so whether it was four one three one five one whatever it was it was one um because I was like ah we're we're likely to give up a goal um so I'm hoping we can get on some sort of roll and when we go on to play some of the some of the better teams um we can keep it to to, to nil goals uh, but um I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but with with, with that, I... sorry, sorry, most, but but with that, you're right. You can only play what's in front of you. But again, last year, two 0 up against West Ham, we saw we saw what happened, and and we saw some vulnerability last year. I think this year, we that vulnerability doesn't seem to be there. And as I said, it, and even if you're playing poor teams, you know we played okay. We played Liverpool, West Ham, and Burnley, and I think it was two shots on target in three games. So so even bad teams can just still try and have a shot on target or whatever. So the fact that we're we're not even giving up chances and giving up that potential. Yeah. But where did the goal come from though? Like what team? What the... the good team. So the good team got a goal against us. We won and that's yeah. great, but that just just goes to what I'm saying. Like the good team got a goal yeah, against but, us and the okay, bad teams but that didn't. Was, okay. Yeah, no, no, fair fair enough. But I'm just saying the goal. I know what you're gonna say it's the way we're going. 
is going in that direction. Yeah. I, I just but, wanted yeah. to ask, and I, I'm going to say it because you guys never mentioned it and everyone's thinking it, the Liverpool goal game came from a mistake, right? So would that happen three, four, five, six times in a row? No, it wouldn't. Um, would we have kept a clean sheet three, four, five, six times in a row? Maybe not. But, Will, I've got a question for you, right? If we played, or if we play like we did against Burnley and West Ham, against Man City in a, a few weeks' time, will we win that game? If we play exactly how we played against these so-called lesser teams? I don't think Arteta would, would let us play the exact same way. I don't think he's to that point yet. The fact that we're the fact that we're going up there to City, uh, me personally, like yeah, I'd probably like to maybe a bit more high flying and, um, and and go at him, but I I don't think he will. Um, especially where we'll where where we'll be positioned at the table as well. Um, I think we will have a more cautious approach. So it's it's just different. Um, I don't I don't expect to see Kivior in that side. I expect to see more of uh, don't let these guys get behind you. Just, I expect to be a lot more cautious. Um, obviously, still going for goals, but I don't think we'll be as. I don't think we'll take as many risks. Um, I mean, I might, I might be proven wrong because I, I prefer to see an up and down game. Um, but I mean, I don't like draws. I don't like ties. Whatever you, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I, I like like wins. Um, and if and if you lose going for the win, I'm okay with that. But I wouldn't fault him. If it gets to a point where it's like we're happy with that point, especially depending on other results in the league and and, and what's happened with Liverpool, so when we go there, I mean, he's going to say all the right things. We're going to win this, 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 that, and the other. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if we go there playing extremely cautious, uh, very sort of compact, and and just looking to just looking to take our chances as and when they come, but but not risking anything, not exposing whoever's going to be playing on that left side because I think Kivior can be exposed and I know Zinni can be exposed and I, I don't know what Tamiyasu's calf muscles are going to be saying then. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm worried for Phil Foden run up against Kivior or Zinchenko, to be honest. He's better than Saka, right? If, if, if you listen to social media over the last couple of weeks. Um, allegedly. Just, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, he needs to compare himself to Cole Palmer before he comes for King Bikayo first and foremost. Just to, to wrap up... Hey, Cole Palmer's a good player, man. He, he's a really good player, man. Don't... Yeah, <laughs> he's having a really good year for a not-so-good team. Just just to wrap up on part one of the pod, I um, I know we usually do the thing where we talk about the goals. I think you know they were very good and we've kind of touched on, on our performance. I just wanted to... To, it was quite funny, I guess, just our predictions before the game, Tabs, you messaged us all just asking for for our predictions and uh, no one won. No. I, I, I came closest, I must say. And it's there in black and white, it's there in writing, it's not been changed. Um, well, what did you say? Well, well, I put 4-0, but when, when we went and scored the fifth, I tried to edit the message <laughs> on, but it didn't let me edit it because it was too long. Um, so Tabs had said 3-0, I said 4, David, you said 2-0, and Will, you had said 4-1. So you kind of got it right. I mean, 4 plus 1 gives you 5, right? So, um, I'll take it, yeah, man. I'll take it. Um, I, I just want to move on to part two of the podcast. I think I've got a lot to say and a lot to ask you guys about Porto, if you don't mind, guys. So, does anyone have anything else to add? Anyone have any anything to say about the game? Or are we going to just move on to, to part two? Anyone? No. I'll take that. I'll take that silence as a as I know. So, just moving on to the Champions League. I am so excited. It's just one of those where you know we have deserved to be back in the Champions League based on our performances over the, the over this season, right? And, and the last couple of seasons, I guess. But I'm just so excited for what could potentially be this season for us. And it's written in the stars almost at the finals in Wembley and, you know, in London. And it's just, I'm just looking so forward to it. I don't get excited, you know, days before games, but this is one that I am really excited for. I believe it's very winnable. um, And I believe that we can certainly go away from home and and go to Porto and get a result. Um, I just want to ask you guys on the approach, though. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how we approach the game. Do we, first and foremost, Tabs, I'll come to you first. Do we line up with the same team that just played against Burnley and West Ham? Or do we go different? 
what's your thoughts? Well, I think first off, it depends who's who's fit and who's available. Um, that, let's that, assume let's assume everyone is fit. No one's carrying <laughs> any knocks or, or anything. Uh, and uh, okay, so we're now entering the se- part of the season where we're going to be playing midweek and weekends. So all of a sudden, the last five games was it was good, comfortable. We come off a great rest, one game a week, fresh. Go in and you see what happens. What, Twenty goals for two against. You, you know what happens. So now we're into and now into bigger ke- different kettle of fish. So we've got Tuesday Porto and then we've got Saturday night against against Newcastle. So all of a sudden this is now going to dictate some of what we what we, what we do. Um, so I, I you know if just Jesus is fit, I think he brings him back in um, for 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 the game. I think I think. I think he wants to go in. It's this Champions League. What is our first knockout Champions League game for six, seven years? You know, we're back in the spotlight. I think he wants to go in strong, get a great first leg result, and make it easier for the for the for the for the second leg. So I think he will go as strong as he can. But I think he'll be playing Jesus up front, and and if Zinni's fit, he'll bring bring back Zinni. So he's sort of going back to, you know, that 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 formation before, and then everyone else sort of stays the same with Havertz and Rice and so on. You know, especially because again, Porto, they're okay, but they're no no great shakes. Uh again, so they should you know, okay, they're at home and they haven't lost at home for 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 a long time. Um but I think he's just gonna go in there with the strongest possible team as as possible and try and dominate and just play his usual usual game. Will? Yeah, um so the game's Wednesday. I'm not sure if you said it was Tuesday it's tabs. Wednesday. Um it's Wednesday. Well, the internet is still saying it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Um, yeah, sorry, forgot. I was, I was thinking. No, no, no it's fine. Games Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's one of those things. I mean, it's it's good to rotate. It's good to keep people fresh. But I mean, if if push came to shove, and, and we needed both of these wins, if it's a, a harder opponent than than Porto, are we are we saying our professional athletes can't can't play a game Wednesday and Saturday? Like, is that where we're at? Because I appreciate we may not need to with Porto, but maybe it's not Porto. Maybe it was Real Madrid, and maybe Saturday isn't Newcastle. It's City, and you need both yeah. wins, and you want to play your starters. I like with I think we're all in agreement, right? Like if if push comes to shove, our, our mm. professional athletes, if if need be, can can play two games in a week, yeah. right? Okay, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. Getting back to the getting back to knockout rounds. I'm really looking forward to the. Um, or to the home leg of it because I'm going, so that'd be great. Um, but as far as far as the lineup goes, I think it would be nice to. I think it's nice probably to get to to get J nine back in there. Um, I mean, players always want to play, so I, I assume Trossard's probably going to want to play this game. But I would I, I would use this this time to sort of rotate the squad a little bit. But I would be I'd have my I'd have my finger on the substitution buttons. Put it that way, like at halftime. Are you saying you would start Gabriel Jesus on yeah. midweek? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but with the finger on the subs button. So at halftime, if, if things aren't looking right, like nobody's safe, I'd I'd switch the whole I'd I'd use all my subs if if need be. But yeah, yeah, I'd put Jesus in uh for this for this midweek. Um I think it's the type of opponent where where you can do that. And again, if it doesn't work out, you sub him. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'd like to it's gonna be interesting. We're on a roll, and I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> David, what's your thoughts? Do you think Gabriel Jesus will start midweek against Porto, or do you think Trossard will start and Jesus will, will come off the bench? I think Jesus is going to start. Uh, he's proven it in the Champions League so far this season for us, in the group stage at least. Um, he's shown that he can be that player for us, especially that away game at Sevilla. Um, he showed that he was a very intricate player and was a com- a commodity that we needed in our team for the Champions League at least. I feel like he's the person who's going to help us bring something new to them and push them out of their comfort zone in this type of game where we need that. That's really interesting. You guys think that. I, I think the opposite. I don't think he'll risk Gabriel Jesus. I think we've got a much bigger tie on on the weekend again, or a fixture against Newcastle, I think he'll try to keep Gabriel Jesus for that, potentially. I don't think Kai Havertz starts against Newcastle, if I'm being honest with you. Obviously, we can talk about that midweek when the, the next episode of The Grove is is released. Um, 
probably on, on Thursday. I know, Tabs, you were thinking the game was on Tuesday. Yeah. I'm glad you're not going to be at the Emirates at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night now. And uh, <laughs> At least you know now. Yeah. But um, yeah, the next episode we'll discuss Newcastle and obviously we'll have the result from the, the Porto game and we'll find out. But I, I really don't see Kai Havertz starting against Newcastle and, and potentially Gabriel Jesus comes in for him and... and I don't. I don't know what the lineup would be. I'm just speculating. Uh, my opinion on that, though, is very much aligned with yours, Taz. What you've wrote there is, you know, we we go hard against Porto and, and rest, then somehow manage to bring players off, potentially Saka, Martinelli off, and and rest them for Newcastle. I think we've got a huge week coming up when you think of Wednesday to, you know, and then. I believe it's FA Cup, isn't it? The, the following midweek. So we've got a little bit of a break over the other teams in the in the Premier League. We then play again on uh, on Monday against Sheffield United. So we do have a, a bit of a, a break. Um, I, I just think we go hard, get a good result away from home um, and then come back to the Emirates and kind of not take our foot off the gas, if you like, but you know, just play a more relaxed game, which obviously I believe we're all going to. Yeah. Um, but just, I know there was. Sorry, uh, just, sorry, I just wanted to mention as well. You know, Will, you asked the question: Do you think the team can't? You know, you were saying, do you think the team can't play midweek and weekend? I think there's a very fine line from what I understand and from what I've been experiencing. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a professional footballer any stretch of the imagination. I, I sometimes wish I I am in my dreams, but um, just you know, it takes a lot of energy for the first when you've not played midweek and weekend, midweek and weekend, and then you start getting back into it. Straight away, I don't think it's very wise that players do it. Play 180 minutes potentially over two games, or over over you know the the week. I think later on in the stages, if we get to the semis, for example, players will be more uh, accustomed to it and used to it by then, and training schedules will change and whatnot. But I do think we need to be careful because we cannot simply risk players who are either coming back from injury or just about to get injured again for whatever reason. You know, and get to the point where Julian Timber, Fabio Vieira, Emil Smithrow, Gabriel Jesus, Tommy Asu, they're all back, and then we lose another three players, for example, because we've rushed them and, and played them too much. That's just my opinion. So I do think we need to rotate. I don't think that rotation will be Gabriel Jesus coming in, though. That's the only thing. I think we might see a surprise addition, someone like a Smithrow or El Neni or Jorginho or someone like that, just to give other players a bit of rest. Potentially, I don't know, Declan Rice. Um, get some rest. I know he's kind of been limping the last couple of games or, or whatnot. And, um, I mean, I think just, just before Will responds, because I'm sure, I'm sure Will, it's not just the physical aspect. As I said, it's our first Champions League and I think it's the emotional baggage that comes comes with that. And no, I agree. Professional players, yes, they can play two, three times a week. I said, you know, uh, you know, Arteta said about Saka, he's got to get used to playing all the time, all the time. All the top players, you know, Ronaldo and Messi, they played two, three times a week, all the time. But I just say, I think, yeah, that was a really good point, Moz. It's the first time back, so it's just adjusting to that next phase of the, of the season. And now, causation and correlation are not the same thing, but City drew they're, they're, they're against at home against Chelsea at the weekend after their midweek Champions League game. So, I maybe related maybe not so it's just it's more of a, a watch out and something to something to consider uh, around this because i think there's different pressures and intensity and and all around the champions league not just the physicality that takes energy from you and then all of a sudden you've got to get come back and saturday's a, is a huge huge game so it's 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 just a fine a fine a fine balance that we just need to consider and and work our way into yeah i mean you both have said that not now, perhaps later. Um, but when do you start? Do you, do you start later? Because if you start later, then later is the first yeah. time. So surely you want your first time to be before later. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily that if if they play this game and the next game that they're playing the full 90 minutes. Um, ideally speaking, they come in and you take care of business, and then you you pick and choose who you who you'd like to who you'd like to sub. Um, and then if you've got people who are injury prone, then yeah, no, you don't. Like you don't play them in, in multiple games because because they're injury prone and and you know that, um, so it's just it's something to think about sort of moving forward. And you don't want the first time to be in a must win situation. I would like the first time to be in something where yeah we're going to throw you out there and then yeah after fifty minutes I can I can pull you off. And then during the week um, when you're playing these two games a week that the training sessions aren't aren't as intense. Um, it's 
it's doable in my opinion, but we'll, I mean, but we'll see. I mean, because either way, I mean, Porto shouldn't really give us that much trouble. And to be honest, Newcastle hasn't been good in like two months, so they really shouldn't be giving us too much trouble either. So it's um, famous last words. We'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> Watch us now struggle against both teams. I'm not saying lose, but I'm saying struggle against both teams now to break it down. Um, in terms of stats, I know you say Porto haven't been up to too much, and I was just looking there whilst you guys were were chatting about. You know, I don't. I must admit, I don't really keep an eye on. Porto's results very often. All I know is they have Pepe at the back, um, who still yeah. seems to be playing. But just just looking at their um, their results, Porto are unbeaten in ten home games. We've also not lost in the last five. I think it's a tougher game than what we maybe think it will be. However, when you look at teams on paper, I know we don't. You know, paper doesn't mean anything, but they don't really have much about them. Their top scorer, Evan Evan Nielsen, nine goals, two assists. Um, the wingers have three goals apiece, three assists apiece. I mean, should we really be worried about them? Do they have enough in their armory to to take down Arsenal? Oh, do you want to take this? Yeah, go uh, for it, David. Give me your give me your piece. You thank you so much as well for getting all these stats. I mean, they're so useful to to us who probably don't follow. I don't think anyone follows Portuguese football, so I really um, appreciate it. I hope you never watch too many Porto games, David, when Tab's <laughs> asked you to compile some stats. <laughs> I mean, uh, Porto, at least going back to our last point, they have four games in between uh, playing us again compared to us who only have three. Uh, so they're playing on Sunday, then I believe Wednesday again. So with that, they do have a bit more of a load compared to us because they're still in the Portuguese Cup. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think they're dangerous. They have a very good team by the looks of things. They just seem to be under the radar. And I think that they have this underdog spirit because, well, their vice president even came out and said um, that they perform miracles. And I think they want to try to perform an upset that would be like a miracle, like beating a team like Arsenal. Even if they beat us in the, the home leg, let's say, worst case scenario, if they beat us, say, 3-2 or 2-1 or, or whatever, I still think we've got enough at home with the crowd behind us as well to, to go and get a result. Um, I, I really uh, I really don't think they've got enough to do that, to, to play miracles. It's a good point you make about the whole load that they've got. I think one of the games is against a team who are top of the second division in Portugal, so you know potentially a chance to rest players, but... You're right. Um, yeah, they, they do play four times uh, and they'll be wanting to kind of wrap up or or get, well, I say, I say wrap up the league, but they'll be wanting to obviously overtake Benfica and Sporting to try winning the league. And they're, what, I think it's seven. I'm just looking now, seven points behind. So it's not going to be an easy game, but I don't think it'll be a, a tough game. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the best opinion I can give you on, on Porto. Well, uh, And I can allude to that with your, your, their, your thing there, Tab. Sorry, I'm just looking at yours. Injuries, absences, no idea, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, my, my research consists of, so I've got someone who works for me who, who, who uh, is based out of, um, out of Lisbon. So he's a Benfica fan, but he promised to give me an unbiased view. And, he's, and, and, I, and during our one-to-one last week, I said, we'll, we'll talk about work in a minute. Can you just give me a rundown of, on, 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 <laughs> on Porto? Um, so I can... So, so. Well, one-to-one. <laughs> Your guy's about to get the sack. Can you ask him about feedback on Porto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, don't worry. It's, 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 it's end-of-year review time. So this is um, going to okay, head into his bonus. So uh, Angelo Diaz, thank you. So basically, he said, they're not playing very well. They're third in the league. They're not going to win the league. Uh, their president, I think, is leaving and there's issues there. The leader of the Ultras was in jail and he's a really powerful figure. So that's causing a bit of trouble behind the scenes. They're basically a bit of a mess. Uh, he said they're not playing very well again. Uh, and I said, did they have any good players? No. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that was... Uh, Fair enough. So that's a 3-1 loss incoming. There we go. <laughs> So. And did you? Uh, I'm hoping he got a bonus for, for giving you that information, and uh, yes. an even bigger bonus coming. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but an even bigger bonus coming for when we beat them three one. Um, so there, so, there we go. Yeah, it's interesting. Porto and Porto were in Barcelona's group in the Champions League, weren't they? In the group stages, and yeah. they failed to beat them both times. So they beat Shakhtar and and uh, Antwerp, didn't they? Both games. So yeah, I mean, they look. You know, twelve. I'm looking at the table now. 
one four lost to twelve points, but I think maybe we're reading too much into that. Um, let's go for predictions though, live on the pod, so it can't be erased, right? Dalit, you're you're up first as the guest. What is your prediction for the game against Porto midweek? Okay, I am going to use a something that might be a curse, but I'm going for four nil, six nil, five nil, four nil. That means in eight games time we're going to lose four nil. You know that, right? We might be, I don't know. <laughs> we might be in Everton, minus 10 points. No, don't say that on the pod. Uh, Will, what about yourself? I think we're back to, I think it's back to, back to reality a little bit. 2-1. Um, okay. Tabs? Yeah, I was I was going to be along those lines. I, I, I think we might let one in. I think we'll win. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 as well, so yeah. I'm going 3-1 Arsenal. Uh, I think we'll let one in. I think they will They will score. Um, it'll be interesting to see actually what keeper we... I'm assuming it'll be David Raya. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, yeah, 3-1. Um, yeah, that's, that's quite funny. Everyone's heard that now, so you can come back on the podcast once you've liked, shared, commented and uh, followed us. You can listen next week and hear who was right. I, I, uh, I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you something else funny in terms of my research. Not only did I ask my my, my member of my staff, I also decided to check Chat Chat GPT to see what see what they would predict <laughs> predict and all the rest of it. And, and they said danger player for Arsenal, Aubameyang. And then I realised Chat GPT's uh, data only goes back to like twenty two twenty two. So I won't bring that into the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Porto need to be careful. Arsenal, sorry, need to be careful because Jose Mourinho, the Porto manager, made yeah. <laughs> the up and coming young young manager. Yeah. That was actually quite funny. You mentioned that uh, they were talking about that. I was looking at the last time Celtic were in the UEFA Cup final, and it was against Porto, and it was against a Jose Mourinho Porto side, and it was just funny. I was reading about it. I, I remember being what, ten years old watching the game as a. As a Scotsman, obviously, you know, we picked Celtic or Rangers and I went for the, the good team and uh, I remember watching that game and had tears in my eyes when when um, when Porto had, had scored an extra time. It was a silver goal rule and then I kind of had Arsenal as well to follow and I thought, you know what, it's Arsenal all the way here and then we ended up, you know, going through the, the days without winning a trophy and oh God, it was, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, that's for sure. Just before we close off the podcast, there was a very interesting discussion uh, in the group chat. I also put this question in the Arsenal Scotland Supporters Club group chat as well. And the question was simple. I don't want you guys to to answer straight away. I'm just going to go for the question, right? Would you swap Bukayo Saka for Kylian Mbappe, player for player, no, don't worry about attitude or Mr. Arsenal or whatever, player for player, assuming that Kylian Mbappe bought into the idea of the team, really got on with the players and the coaching staff and the manager, and also was on 300 grand a week, right? I just picked that salary out of thin air. Please no one get excited. We're not signing him and we're not paying him 300 grand a week. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you never know. But that, that was the question I posed and it just generated some really good discussion. And I believe, I haven't had a chance to properly check I believe someone else in this podcast actually agreed with me. Now, yeah. clean-shaven <laughs> Mr. Whale, I mean, I wish we were doing video podcasts because when you shave, you look, oh, it just looks so good. I haven't stopped staring at you all honestly. <laughs> uh, you, you look beautiful. Uh, not that you'd never before, by the way. We'll drop the, we'll drop the link to my OnlyFans <laughs> later on. I just wanted to say on the, the Grove group chat, a massive shout out to the Grove. You guys have been so funny this week. Um, it was 16 votes to no. They would not take Mbappe if it meant Saka went the other way. Two people said yes. That was myself and Whale. I didn't even see the final stats. So these guys, oh my goodness, Grovers, what are, what is wrong with you? Basically, what he said was, if you could get, if you could switch one player for another player who was better at everything than the other player, you wouldn't do it. What is going on? <laughs> before, before Tabs and Dabit come into this, I just want to say my piece, and then I'll let you guys argue the case, right? This is a really hot and interesting subject, but 
everyone was, you know, saying no way, no way. And I think uh, someone had put in saying I'd give up Smithrow and Ketia Ramsdale, Martinelli for him. Would you though? Would you give up four players, four potential squad players for him? Don't know. But the thing is, I think Tom actually, you know, friend and lover of the podcast, Tom had said Mbappe could essentially F off in a couple of years for, for more money. Saka loves us. Henry chimed in. Doesn't matter. Saka's Mr. Arsenal. That doesn't matter. If we don't win no. the Champions League or the Premier League or whatever, <laughs> and Real Madrid or or Man City or or I don't know who else in five years' time come calling and say, eh, Bikayo, do you fancy 600 grand a week? Do you fancy a n- nice, shiny five-year contract? And do you fancy playing for one of the best teams in in the world in, in Spanish football and come to Real Madrid and play with your best mate, Jude? Uh, you know, he'd be like... And win lots. <laughs> he'd, he'd be like... Eh, Yes, uh, of course. So let's not beat around the bush. Bukayo Saka is not going to stay at Arsenal and do a Mark Noble and stay at Arsenal for the rest of his life. He will inevitably, if we don't win anything, if we don't win silverware, and by that I mean consistently. I mean, we can win a Champions League and a Premier League once and then never again for 20 years, right? He will go eventually if that doesn't happen. It depends if we, if we win things. The same could be said for, I know, Fraser kind of, agreed with Saliba and, and Gabriel or, or whoever it was he'd said. But yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer, Will. I'm with you on this. And I'm so glad you agreed and you were coming on this episode. When I seen the notification pop up saying someone else had voted with yes, I was so <laughs> happy to click on it and see your name because I knew you were on the, the pod to back me up. Um, well, yeah, well, I would. Well, Moz, M- go on. Go on, Karen. Yes, go sorry, on. go on. No, no, you go. go no, on. I, I, all I was going to say was Mbappe is better than Bukayo Saka at this moment in time in every single aspect of the footballing world. And the same could be said for, it was in the one of the Arsenal-Edinburgh uh, chats. Someone someone was like, no, you guys are not real Arsenal fans. You guys, you should be watching the game when, when we're talking about this. You, you're not real Arsenal fans for wanting to get rid of Saka. We should always be keeping our players who are at Arsenal and we should never swap with anyone. And someone else replied saying, so would you give... Mohamed El Nenny up for Jude Bellingham because it'd be no by your logic. So you know <laughs> that's not the point I wanted to make. I'm so passionate about this. I love- bring back Jenkinson. <laughs> I, I just want to say before Tabs and Dabit, you have your piece. I love Bakayo Saka to bits. I know he loves the podcast, and everyone else should like, follow, and share as well for that reason. I I, I message Bakayo on Instagram and comment on his posts all, all the time. He never replies, by the way. Really, uh, I, I love him at Arsenal. <laughs> I think he's going to do great things at Arsenal Football Club. But I would one hundred million percent take Kylian Mbappe if it meant Saka went to PSG. Hundred million percent. Tabs, doubt it. Yeah, argue your case. No, no, no. I I missed that one because. I don't know. I, I missed that. But had had I seen it, I would have been with you and Whale one hundred percent. I mean, unless we win the Carabao, wow. and unless we win the Carabao Cup, he might stay. But yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> but no. I, I, but but I, I, I think yeah, you, listeners, you need to go back a few pods to understand that one. Um, no, no, I one hundred percent agree with what 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 Whale said. Yeah, he's and and Moz, you said he's better at everything than Mbappe at the moment. And and so yes, he's the far better player, and, and yeah, it's, it's for me, it's a it's a no brainer. And this is why we support Arsenal Football Club. Yes, we get attached to players, we have our favourites, but players come and go. You know, this whole idea of loyalty is nonsense. They go where they get paid the best or where they've got the best chance to win money. They don't stay at a club where they they're not going to get get that, especially the the top top players. So you know, as a so it, it's. Yeah, we all love him. We all like him. But uh, yeah, you hundred percent swap him out. Mbappe comes along, we win the leagues, no doubt. So yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind you on that one. Wow, we all agree on something. Yeah. And David, you're in the minority here. Okay. Wow. Right, go on then. <laughs> argue argue um, your case. Yeah. Sorry. I before you say anything, Darwin, you're that. wrong. Yeah, I also did not see that and I would have disagreed with the majority there but I will play devil's advocate just for the sake of someone here doing so Um, Bakayo Saka has been there for us when we were doing bad and not doing bad but when we were in a worse place than where we are right now and constantly shows us why he's quality. And with Kylian Mbappe, I feel like he would cause more of an issue, a conflict in the team, in the sense that he would butt players, um, butt heads with players. He will have that situation where he'd had with Cavani, I believe, where he had that penalty issue 
um, he will have those issues where when it comes to renegotiations, he loves speaking out and having everyone air out his own business. How dare he speak out? Shut up and play, huh? The, the, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good point you're making, David, but my question was just based on footballing ability, right? Don't, yeah, let's just pretend in an ideal world he was perfect and he, he didn't speak out and he didn't butt heads with anyone and, and he, he was just killing Mbappe, the footballer. It's a really good point you make and I know it's hard to be devil's advocate when you when you disagree. I'm, I'm in shock that we're all actually, you know, people might switch <laughs> off at this point and think, have you seen oh, I, just think it's con- I think it's convenient that they didn't see the poll and they agree <laughs> yeah. with us, but whatever. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the they doubt. Just don't be, they just don't want to be listed on the episode title that they disagree with us, right? Um, no, a really interesting point. I'm actually going to put a poll on... If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can go underneath the episode and you can just answer yes or no if you would swap Kylian Mbappe for Bakayo Saka. It'll be really interesting to see. I'm also going to to potentially add in, I don't know if I'll be able to do this or not fully yet, but there's a way I can add in someone you can click and record your own opinion and we can play it on next week's episode. I think it'd be quite a good way if I can figure out how to do that, uh, which I'm sure I will, to just start off with a few of these opinions for the next episode. Um but no, really, really interesting opinions, guys. And I love recording the episodes with you. Honestly, your opinions are amazing. Your The work you guys do behind the scenes with the pod is amazing. Thank you so much. I, I know we've went over the, the time a little bit, but thank you, everyone, for listening as well. We'll be back again. We're recording on uh, tabs. You're the man with the plan. So I believe, it was, um, I believe we'll be recording again, obviously, midweek for the post Porto podcast, the PPP, the Post Porto Pod. Um, I must give a quick shout out. I'm sorry to Sasha. I know you've been pestering me and asking me for pictures or clips of the pod for a, a something something you're doing behind the scenes. I will get that done. I promise. I know I'm replying on this and not just on WhatsApp, but I thought I'd give you a shout out for um, wasting so much of your time recently. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we, we will be back, Tabs. I think you've got it. Um, it's Thursday we're recording, so the episode will be out on Friday, the 23rd of Feb. So we will see you guys then. Tabs, Whale, Dabit, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.